You're listening to the Screeners Podcast Network. From the big screen to the small screen and everything in between, this is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hello and welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. My name is Daniel. This is Chad. I'm Josh. And we are back with an all-new episode, and we have a special guest returning with us. April Renning is here. She joined us for our Captain Marvel episode. April, thanks for being here. Hey, good to be here. And we are so excited. We're going to be talking about Netflix's new film, Triple Frontier. We're going to be talking about our top three military movies. It's going to be an awesome episode. Before we dive in, we want to remind you, as always, follow us on social media. You can like us on Facebook by searching the Screeners Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at ScreenersCast. You know how to find us. It's pretty simple. So just go ahead and do that. So you can join in the conversation with us. We want to hear from you guys. Uh, Just this week, we posted our top three suggestions for military movies, and we had tons of responses. So we can't wait to shout out some people later on when we get there without further ado let's dive into our first jump cut before we get into our review and our top three we just like to sometimes check in with each other and hear what we've been watching get some good recommendations or some recommendations for things to stay away from I, th- I think Josh has a few things he can add to that list for us tonight so I'm excited to hear that <laughs> always I don't know if you guys knew this having small children makes it harder to watch things did you were you were you all aware of this and didn't tell me is that how that works somehow Daniel I still see your Twitter feed and it constantly is talking about <laughs> you seeing movies so I I believe you but my Tommy gun don't <laughs> Uh, Well, I have precious little to add to this tonight, so I'm going to be leaning on you guys for some good recommendations. So let's start with our our guest, April. Tell me some of the stuff you've been watching. My husband and I just finished True Detective Season 2 on HBO. That was pretty good. Wait, so Season 2, not the newest one? Oh, no, sorry, Season 3. I was like, you actually said Season (laughs) 2 was pretty good. That is amazing. Yeah, no, we're... Yeah, that's you true. pretended like season two didn't exist, which I, I appreciate. <laughs> season two really should. It really it was the second season in my head. The right. Season two, I basically try to forget about. Actually, the most interesting thing that I've seen lately is the HBO documentary Leaving Neverland about Michael Jackson. I don't know Ooh, if y'all have seen I it. Haven't, I haven't brought myself to watch it yet. I hear oh, it, amazing things. Yes, it's very painful to watch, but oh my gosh, it's insane. Y'all, you all need to watch it. Uh, is that anything else you've been watching recently? We're two episodes away from finishing the first season of Umbrella Academy on Netflix, and how, I've actually how is really, that? I actually really enjoy it. It's I, it still cracks me up that the lead singer of My Chemical Romance uh, wrote the comic that it's based after because I used to listen to them in high school. Like I time. had no idea about that. Yeah, doesn't that make it way more That's interesting? That's really wild. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's very creative and. I mean, I haven't finished the season, so I can't give a full review, but so far I'm really enjoying it. Nice. Mm. That's awesome. Good recommendations there. Uh, Definitely stuff I haven't checked out. Chad, what have you been watching recently? Just saw the movie Fighting uh, with My Family, which is great. Wow, it's really great. It's (laughs) a lot of fun. It's surprisingly funny. It's the Dwayne The Rock Johnson produced movie based on a true story of Uh, a wrestler in the WWE, a female wrestler named Paige, and how she came from a wrestling family, and it was just what they did and and her journey to try and make it to the big leagues, if you will. It really is great. It has a surprising amount of heart and humor, and the performances are really good, so I I enjoyed it. I I actually 
highly recommend that people see it. Have you, has anybody seen it? Yes, I did. Are you? You're a wrestling fan, right? Yes, I am. Well, I was, I should say. Yes, I grew up on wrestling. I don't want to hear it, Daniel. I can already hear the <laughs> condescend. You're you're super passive aggressive right now. <laughs> no, so I am squarely not in the demo for that movie. Like I do not understand wrestling. I don't get the appeal at all. But that movie was great. I really, really liked that movie. That was really charming. I think it's because there's not actually that much wrestling in the movie, which I think was wise. (laughs) So they could win over people like me. But yeah, I thought that was great. Okay, good. That didn't go where I thought it was going, so I feel better. <laughs> I mean, I think you're still a dork, but, you know, we'll move okay. on from that. Back when I was a kid and <laughs> we had real satellites in our yard that actually turned, it wasn't these things you hung on the <laughs> on the roof, WrestleMania, you paid like 150 bucks for this thing and the entire neighborhood came over. These are my childhood memories, Daniel. Wow, okay, that's beautiful. That's, that's just, that, I just wanted to share that. So, uh, the other thing that I've watched is also uh, a Netflix documentary series called uh, Losers. I don't know if you guys have seen that pop up in your feed. It's a it's an interesting concept. It's essentially many documentaries. They're about thirty minutes to forty minutes long about high profile second place or worse finishers in various areas of life. It may be a sporting <laughs> event. It may be uh, they have the Iditarod boxing and just different things. And it's about what happens to the people that do not win uh, and it's really very good it's it's the the production quality as you can imagine from netflix is really high uh, it's not amazing but it certainly is very interesting and also worth a watch so that's what i've been that's been watching huh, that that has not popped up for me at all that's uh that sounds really fascinating that sounds interesting all right josh what have you been watching recently it's me so you know not much <laughs> <laughs> i i do have to give you a tip though you mentioned how hard it is to watch things with new kids and yes please tip watch that wrestling movie from chad <laughs> see that's what Never i was trying mind. to say there's <laughs> that's what i was trying to say there's Josh. no credibility to your claim Come on. however however since having a child and a house that transmits sound way too well i have i have come to love and embrace the subtitle mm. and i've learned <laughs> that you catch dialogue and character names and song lyrics that you would never never know about otherwise shows have a whole whole other dimension to them nice that sounds terrible it does (laughs) and it is but there's there's a redeeming quality in that you really do like there's stuff that i would have had to have the tv turned all the way up to even even here because it's in the background so it is interesting how much dialogue there is that you don't usually catch uh april mentioned the third season of true detective which i also enjoyed um, we finished not too long ago. I enjoyed the season itself, and then the last episode sort of joined um, Halt and Catch Fire as one of the worst endings, last episodes to a season or series ever. Yeah, I actually didn't love it either. So agreed. Yeah, yeah. Those, well, that, those that's two a shows. Yeah, I, I won't tell you why because it sounds like you haven't seen it. I did not enjoy. Chad's the last already episode. mad at you for saying that. I know it's. Terrible. I am. I'm actually pretty frustrated <laughs> right now, but it's okay. I'm gonna let it go. I have said nothing about why I did not like it, but I did not like it. Another thing that maybe you haven't seen is Netflix's Sex, Love, and Robots anthology series, which is kind of like their take on a CGI Black Mirror environment Mm. i Mm. i don't know the first episode is like 17 minutes long and it's just awful 
and I wish <laughs> I wish Chris were here to argue with me about this because I hear he liked it, but it's terrible. Don't watch it. Well, I was interested because it's David Fincher, so. Yeah, is that so episode I, David Fincher. I I don't know. I don't know what his involvement was. I just know he's involved. So I don't know if he just produced or if he directed. I I have no idea. But I know he's involved, and he he did House of Cards and Mindhunter, which on Netflix, which are both wins for me. So that's I curious. am waiting for Mindhunter to come back. Yes, yes. It's supposed to, right? Uh, sometime this year. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I thought so. To round it out, two good things that I enjoyed. We've been going through Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. We're halfway mm-hmm. through the second season, I think, now. And I can't decide whether I like the first season or the second season better, but they both have... They, they're both a little uneven, but they both have their, their charm and their laugh-out-loud moments. However, the top of my list is surprisingly a Netflix sit... Sorry, not a Netflix sitcom, a network sitcom, which I thought I would never say again hmm. yeah, wow. after The Office mm-hmm. and Parks and Rec. But The Good Place is a great oh, show. Yeah. Yes, it's I so good. I don't believe it. It is. It's good. It's not that I don't believe the show is good. I don't believe that Josh actually likes it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to watch it. It's good. It's it is different and it it's une- it, different. it's pretty uneven for me. Like I don't love it all the time, but sometimes they just have these laugh out loud moments that just kill me. I love I love a lot of that show. Uh, so, like I said, I haven't been watching a lot. Yes, I still see the you know the new releases that come to theaters. But as far as watching stuff at home, you know, my wife and I used to be able to binge a season in a week, and uh, now it's been taking us a lot longer to to watch certain things. But I have watched a couple of things. So I watched Russian Doll on Netflix. Did any of you see this? Oh yeah, just the first episode. It's uh, so it's kind of like Groundhog Day. It's like Groundhog Day TV show, ki- kind of. Um, it's, it's a woman who's dying and reliving the same day over and over again. Um, and so it sounds like something you've seen a hundred times and we have, but, but it kind of takes, it kind of takes a turn and becomes something else and watching it in TV format instead of film format is, it kind of makes it feel different. So, um, it's really short. It's only eight episodes. They're half an hour episodes. So it's really short. And so it was interesting. It, It was really, it was very different, something very different to see. So yeah, I'd recommend that. And then my wife and I started game of thrones, for the yes. first time. Well. Yes, finally. Because, you know, the last season's coming out. So we're like, all right, we got to do this. You don't. <laughs> do you not like it? <laughs> I've never watched it. I oh, okay. Really, oh, it's never appealed to me. <laughs> I've watched parts of episodes here and there, and it just never... Go ahead. Well, you would be so, so confused if you just watch parts <laughs> here and there. There's so many characters. It's true. So that's that's... That's where I'm at right now. To be very fair, we're only like six episodes into the first season. So very briefly into it. I'm not loving it, especially for all the hype that's gone into it. Um, Just wait. Just wait. I mean, I will. I mean, I'm going to keep going, but I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of bored, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Because there's Mm. so much going on, but I feel like also nothing's going on. Daniel, are you actually watching it, yes. or are you doing it while you're feeding children and answering the phone? I would not watch Game of Thrones with my children in the room. I mean, they got to learn if at some babies, point. they're babies, they don't really. I mean, they, they can't really I promise you, they're used to seeing breasts at this point, so it's all good. <laughs> so, uh, so, but that's part of the problem is we only watch. We got like time for like one episode a night. So, so we also can't. I feel like if I could binge like six episodes at a time, I'd be, I'd maybe be more invested in it. But that's where I'm at. I'm gonna keep going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finish it. Uh, so we'll, we'll, I'll let you know what I, I think hear later what on. What you think when you finish the first season? Okay, fair enough. When it's done. I'll, 
Yes, yeah. I, I will let you guys know. But something I have watched and loved recently that just came out this weekend that I was able to binge is Queer Eye Season 3. Does anybody else watch Queer Eye on Netflix? I've seen a couple episodes, but I haven't watched the whole thing. That show, I loved the first season. I haven't watched the second or third, but they're in dude, dude, it is phenomenal. That show is phenomenal TV, and I don't watch any reality. This is the only reality show that I watch. It is phenomenal. It's so like it's so emotional, and it makes me so mad for how emotional it makes me because it's so manipulative. But it is it's so good. It's so funny, and it is, it's just great TV. So I, I can't recommend Queer Eye Season 3 enough. Well, the whole show, it's so good. I'm so glad it's back. Uh, so definitely check that out. Chad, well, was that the one you wanted to put me on, or was it what not to wear? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, All right, so those are some of our recommendations and a a couple things to stay away from as well. So definitely check those out and let us know what you've been watching. You know, shoot us a message on social media. We want to hear from you guys. All right, and with that, we'll move into the main event, our review of Triple Frontier. First things first. Any man here that wants to walk away can do so knowing they're the best of us. It's got to be now. There is no ground support. The injuries we sustain, we're walking out with. Make no mistake about it. You guys need to own the fact that we do not have the flag on our shoulders. And that was from the trailer of Triple Frontier, the new Netflix film from director J.C. Chander, who has directed movies uh, such as A A Most Violent Year, Margin Call, All is Lost. Uh, it has an unbelievably stellar cast. You've got Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Charlie Hunnam, Garrett Hedlund, Pedro Pascal, just to name a few. And the IMDb description is as follows. Loyalties are tested when five former Special Forces operatives reunite to steal a drug lord's fortune, unleashing a chain of unintended consequences. Mm. I don't know much about the backstory of this film, if Netflix acquired it at a festival or anything. Daniel, do you know? Have you heard? Uh, no, it was a Netflix production. They, they they made the film. It was one of these films that's been in like development hell for like a long time, and then Netflix picked up the production and they, they funded the, the whole film. Gotcha. Well, on paper, it is certainly loaded with talent. The One of the screenwriters, uh, Mark Bowl, is a producer on The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, Detroit, a movie that I know that you loved, Daniel. So it has a high pedigree of uh, creatives behind it. So I guess our question tonight is Josh. So Josh, <laughs> let's start with you. Uh, do you think that uh, that Triple Frontier was uh, was worth it? Did it live up to uh, to the hype and the pe- the talent of the people that are involved? Uh, well, so the only name I recognize involved with this movie going into it was Ben Affleck. So that that tells you what I thought of. You don't know Oscar Isaac? I mean, Josh, you've no. seen Star Wars. Oh, is that Poe? Is it? Yep. Is oh my goodness! I mean, <laughs> Inside Lewin Davis. Sure. I uh, no, I don't think I ever saw that. Oh man. I know I should have. I wanted to, that was one of those movies I constantly wanted to watch on Netflix and then never did, and then it went away. Hmm. Ex Machina, for example. Oh, hey. oh yeah! There we hey, go. There, there we it go. Is. We're getting there. <laughs> I'm terrible anyway. with faces, and I did not know his name from any of those movies. But now I can put them all together. There you go. And be like, oh, those were the good movies he was in. Well, the more it's the more I think about this movie, the more just disappointed I am in it. 
I I didn't exactly go into it with high expectations. I'm not a not a military movie kind of guy, but there were a couple aspects of the movie that made me feel like it should have been more. Like there's a part of me that feels like I should be congratulating it for like for depicting veterans not just as heroes with hero worship of the army, but as humans with real problems and real nuanced emotions or you know for like a clever symbolic portrayal of greed or something but if i did that that'd be congratulating the movie for what it could have been and for its potential and not what it was which ended up just being this loose pastiche of like testosterone and movie tropes there there was tension in the movie there was action but at at the heart of it it was just another action movie that couldn't couldn't decide what to do with his characters so it didn't do much for them at all and it couldn't decide what the stakes were so there ended up being not much of that either okay general thumbs so, down for me <laughs> okay so josh didn't like a movie i know that's a shock to a lot of people huge shock but uh but he's keeping it real in 2019 so daniel let's go to you what did you think about triple frontier do you agree with josh man i don't know Triple Frontier is a movie I have very little to say about. I don't disagree with Josh, but I'm I'm definitely more positive. But but I'm more like right down the middle. This this is one of the reviews that's really hard because I I honestly don't have anything. I don't have gigantic grievances against it. It was perfectly fine, but it was just very forgettable. And so I you know it's it's kind of like I, I I struggle for what to even say about it. I'll I'll start with what I liked. I think the cast is great for the most part. I think Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Pedro Pascal, they're all great. Uh, Garrett Hedlund and Charlie Hunnam are fine, except for the fact that people need to stop casting Charlie Hunnam as an American because he can't do it. He cannot play an American <laughs> to save his life. I, that really bothered me. Uh, but but overall, you know, the cast is really good. I think they, they play the parts really well. Uh, and the film is also r- really well shot. It's not too dark like these films. Th- this sort of film can traditionally be. The locations are gorgeous, so it's really nice to look at. But the plot itself it, it is mildly interesting. Uh, you know, a group of guys get do a heist in South America and they get stuck there. That's interesting. Except, I, I wanted the characters to lose. The characters, there's nothing to root for at all. Uh, bad things kept happening. I, I felt like the filmmakers wanted us to fear or worry for the protagonist and I, I just thought good these bad things should keep happening and so I had I, I didn't care there were no stakes that I cared about at all so for me it just it just ended up being very forgettable so there were parts that were certainly gripping I think the heist itself is is uh, decently well done um, and like I said the performances are good but overall I just it, it was fine, and and that's about it. This is this is the sort of film that I'm I'm gonna forget exists in about a week and a half. Mm, Daniel coming out with his hater pants on. Okay, I, I wouldn't even say hater pants. I don't no. I don't feel that strongly about I, it. To I hate think it. you do feel that. I mean, I think you feel <laughs> that strongly about it. It certainly sounds like you do. Okay, April, are you gonna bring any positivity to uh, to Triple Frontier, or are you in agreement with Josh and Daniel? So I do agree with some of their sentiments, and I can get into more of that later because I have a couple specific things that I found annoying but overall for a Netflix film that you watch at your house at home I would recommend people watch it like I think it was very I I found it entertaining and I there were several moments where I was I guess when I was on the edge of my seat I thought the action was well done definitely some slow parts 
biggest issue was, I agree, there was kind of a lack of caring for some of the characters, but I'm not entirely sure that was accidental. I don't know. I have thoughts, but without giving too much away, I I actually enjoyed the film. I thought it was, it kept me on my feet. It was a good way to spend a Friday night. I didn't regret watching it. I'll probably forget about it. Yeah, it's one of those films that's not going to stick with me forever, but the acting was, was really good. It was really nice seeing Ben Affleck not as Batman, finally, hmm. again. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything amazingly positive or amazingly terrible to say about it either way, but so I don't know. That's kind of my gist. Okay. So this is unexpected that I am going to be the most positive on this movie. I cannot <laughs> believe it. Uh, I I agree with the statement that it's it's forgettable. I won't. I mean, I'm not going to think about it. It's not going to stay with me, but... I, there are some things about this that I really very much enjoyed. Number one, the cinematography, I think, is not just good and pretty to look at. I think it's phenomenally good. Mm-hmm. It's, it's done by yeah. Roman Vazanov, who also was cinematographer for Fury and End of Watch. And he shoots in a naturalistic style that I think is just gorgeous. The settings are breathtaking the composition of the shots it's it's just great there's the use of shadows in some of the in the heists for example with uh with light in the background is masterful just from a technical standpoint i really enjoyed it the other thing about it is i think i think the performances aren't just uh okay i think they're pretty great Uh, i agree with april in that i i don't think that the filmmaker is interested in making us root for these characters at all. And even though Joss doesn't feel like the exploration of greed was deep enough for him, I thought that the relentless pursuit of money at all costs uh, is is a constant theme that is repeated through this. And every time that that happens, bad things happen. And mm-hmm. so I thought the movie was an exploration on how how greed is self-destructive and it wanted to spiral these these people who are uh, really excellent at what they do. I also am a sucker for genre films that show people being really good at whatever it is that they're doing, whether that's a lawyer or a soldier in this case, whatever. I like movies where smart people are doing smart things, but then something happens to challenge that. And in this case, it was the dynamic of greed. I love the fact that this movie explores why these professional soldiers who at one point in their lives were the best at what they did would even be interested in doing this job. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that it shows a guy's trying to sell condos and he can't do condos but this is one of the most brilliant you know military or strategic minds in the in the country and I just like the fact that it confronts you with those questions of what is wrong with the system that we have that this is a while the movie itself and the heist is not necessarily realistic the idea of professional soldiering after service is absolutely real and I Mm -hmm. love the idea that these characters have to confront their brokenness their the humanity that is falling away from them as they recount in these conversations how many people they've killed and they just talk about it very nonchalantly because they've had to do that over their lives so i don't think that this is quote just another action movie i've seen a lot of just action movies 
that are not interested in any of this kind kind of things that this movie is. Mm-hmm. There are certainly some great set pieces and good action in this movie, but I don't think that's the point. I think this movie, while not going as deep as I feel like it probably could or should have, I do think it has a lot of very interesting things that it's exploring through the journey of these characters, the relationship that they have, this brotherhood that they have, and all of the things under the surface about about greed and the pursuit of money and all the things that I talked about, for me, made me... F- made me very positive on it. I don't love it. It's not five stars or anything like that, but I don't think it's just low tier either. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of interesting things going on that, frankly, I was surprised by because I expected this just to be another shoot 'em up kind of look how cool we are uh, in the military with our expertise, but that, for me, that's not not how it was. So that's that's really funny that you should say that. Maybe it's just because I'm not a frequent consumer of the action genre. Because all the things that you said positive about the movie are things that I want to say positive about the movie, but that I feel like they just danced around the edges of actually doing those things. Like they would they would make an explicit statement about Ben Affleck's character selling condos or in any other profession we would be set for life and then just leave it. There was only ever that surface exploration of it and that's what drove me nuts. Yeah, but I would say I don't disagree with that. And I, I do think they could have gone deeper. But I think that it is answered in the fact that they do this job to begin with. And especially in the section when he's trying to convince them to do it and Affleck is pushing back. And they finally just have to come to terms with this is who we are and we need to do this. And then you go into this heist as kind of this story of these we are soldiers that's who we are we still have worth don't throw us away and then which is a noble thought but then you get into the actual heist and the love of money then causes them to forsake all of the things that they have done up to that point that's made them successful so i just thought it, I, I just thought that exploration from a character standpoint was was actually interesting while agreeing with you that it's not deep enough because yes i agree there's a lot of movies action movies that you probably haven't seen enough of that you you would really hate <laughs> you would really <laughs> really hate that's why i stay away so, yeah. I, I really appreciated the realism uh, in the film for sure like i i totally agree with you chad that this isn't I don't feel that this film is approached like just an action movie at all. Uh, I definitely think it had had it wanted to be more. Like I, I loved how for, for the longest time, you know, as they were as they were preparing the heist, uh, you know, I think I think in traditional action movies it would be the whole thing where the, these are our heroes and they're a, they're going to do a bad thing, but they have moral code. You know, we're not going to kill. We're not going to do this Fr- from the get go. You know, Ben Affleck was saying you're going to commit at least one murder here. If you're not okay with that, you need to get out. And so um, I appreciated the kind of the honesty, even though it made me root for the characters less. I appreciated kind of the, the realness there. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the main themes of this movie is what happens when conscience, your conscience comes up against finishing the mission at yeah. all costs. And I think that's mm-hmm. an interesting tension that is that they explore certainly in the last third. Now there this movie's not perfect. There's some silly things, there's some plot contrivances for sure, but man it looks so good and yeah. it's I just I, from a from a pacing standpoint, I would I'm with April in 
I was very tense for long stretches of this movie Mm -hmm. where I could just feel the screws tightening, waiting for things to happen. I thought it was a a step up from your traditional fare. So any other thoughts on that before we get to some specifics? I think I paused the movie once and literally said, I'm bored out loud and went to go get something else to do while I finished the movie. Why do you hate movies so much, Josh? Why do you hate movies? It, It is who I am. These guys are soldiers. (laughs) I am a professional hater. No, I was going to say, there's one thing that I did love about the movie, and I don't think they could have hit it any harder or just would have been way too on the nose. It was already on the edge of being on the nose as it was. But I loved the literal symbol of money weighing you down. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably my favorite part of the movie, and I wish Mm -hmm. they could have done more with it. But like I said, I don't know if you could have done any more without just being way too heavy-handed well let's just say this let's just say without going into a full-on spoiler section we're going to maybe talk some specifics for the next two or three minutes before we give our recommendations and then we'll jump to our top three so if you don't want to hear some specific talk skip ahead two or three minutes and then uh, catch us on the top three so you said there were some things that bothered you what what were some of the things that bothered you okay and this might be i've i've never been in the military so maybe this is a normal thing that happens but I was really confused at first because at the beginning they kind of portray Ben Affleck's character as, I guess, kind of the moral compass in a way. He was the most hesitant. He was the one saying, we're not killing any children or family or whatever and going in. He's like, we're going to just do the one murder, one armed robbery, in and out. If it's more than that, we're done, whatever. And then when he gets in there, I don't know. It was just, it wasn't like a gradual thing that you saw his character switch and we didn't know him well enough to know if that was normal or not or not. But I was, I was just confused when he, he ended up going from the best guy in the beginning to the worst. I totally agree. And it was, it was as soon as he saw the money, like it was as soon as they started opening up the walls, it just really snapped. And, and I totally agree. We didn't know enough about, about his character to to feel like something uh, really propelled. It was just, I disagree with that. I do too. It was just, oh, money? Oh, cool. Okay, now I'm gonna no, now I'm cool with murdering I mean, everybody. We know just from the beginning that his wife has left him and his daughter is estranged and even says to his friend, It mom is not the problem. We know that he can't he's terrible at his job and his life is falling apart. So the idea that he would then literally see in front of him what he thinks is the answer to all of those problems, I can buy that in that moment you would do something stupid like that. But and it, I like the fact that his yeah. team reacts to him and says, we've never not missed a hard out. Right. And it starts to fall apart right there. And you know that this is where this is going. Right. But the thing is, is he continued. I, I it, And maybe the moment would last throughout. Like maybe he got back in his military mind. I don't know. But the, the ones that didn't, that seemed the most off to me was when they're dropping off the girl and her brother and he's asking her all these questions, basically alluding to, like, he was about to kill her, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. And I was like, this is the same guy that gave the whole speech on we don't kill women and children. That was, I don't know. That was just the only thing. I just didn't know enough about him. And where did Red Fly, I want to know where he got the nickname Red Fly. Maybe that would have given some clarity. I don't know. I actually want to know where all the nicknames came from. I don't think they explained them, but anyway. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I do think it shows that every man in the in the group at some point hit that breaking point, even at the end where Oscar Isaac was 
let's just mow them all down and get to the boat. Yeah. And then he caught himself after it was over and said, no, we can't do that. So I, 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 yeah, but I do agree. I thought, I thought that, I don't think the money and let's stay a little bit longer because they went in thinking we're going to get 75 million and then they realized there's 300 million here. And so I can buy the greed aspect of it more than I can what they did at the helicopter. I agree. I, in no scenario is he going to kill that girl, I don't think. So I think you're right there. It's inconsistent. Yeah. Another thing that this is actually something that I really liked about it. I don't know if this is considered a spoiler or not. The moment where the mule falls off the mountainside and you see it falling down and then the bag explodes and there's just money everywhere. I actually thought it was a really beautiful moment of kind of seeing innocence falling down because of greed and money like just seeing it flying with this life that just lost its life because of someone else's greed of money granted it's a mule but i really care when animals die in movies so it really moved me <laughs> yeah and i love it too that oscar isaac was like that was a real life yeah. right yeah <laughs> so i think this movie i you know i'm not gonna die on the hill but i do think i think there's a more there to unpack than than uh, maybe we, we're than what landed for everybody. Yeah. I, overall, I think this is good. I think it's a good Yeah, movie. I don't think they wanted us to root for them because even at the end, um, Charlie Hunnan's character says, we got what we deserved. Like, it, they were, I don't know, they were very meta about it in some ways. I, I agree. There's there's a lot to unpack here, which, which I appreciate. I just wish that the film itself, as I was watching it, was entertaining enough to make me want to dive deeper into those themes. But I just kind of watched it and was like, okay, that's fine, and and then kind of forgot about it. So you, you know what I mean. Like I don't think That's the fair. film warranted a deep the deep dive into the into the very worthy themes. Did anyone it else worked for me. notice that they like never ate food? Yes, I <laughs> yes. Wonder, they were in the jungle and in the mountains for like a yes. week. They never lost energy. There was no stomach growling. They were just. I was like, man, these guys are good. <laughs> <laughs> they did some Bear Grylls style stuff you don't want to know about in the woods. That's true. <laughs> and two of them were shot. It was. Yeah. Uh, and, and we then know they, they were weren't fine. cooking because they were doing, what was it? What did they call it? Cold camp. Cold camp. So we know that yeah. they weren't cooking anything. Was anybody, and this is clearly in spoiler territory, so if you don't want to hear it, skip. Were any of you surprised at the uh, somewhat early death of Affleck's character? No. 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 I, you, know someone, you know someone. You just weren't invested. Die. Might as well be him. It yeah, surprised so, me. At first, and then I was like, "Yeah, I guess that makes sense." Yeah, um, exactly like Josh said. You you know somebody's dying, so it was kind of like, "Okay, there it is." Now we got it out of okay. the way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Before we go, then, if nobody else has anything to say, let's go around and give well, our recommendations. One more thing. Okay, go for ahead. Me, sorry, from the peanut gallery. Uh, I feel like the the problem with the characters for me was that they couldn't decide. The filmmakers couldn't decide whether they were heroes or anti-heroes and never fully committed to either one. Mm. And I don't know whether that's a virtue or a vice in, as far as this movie goes. Because you could you could claim that it's, it's nuance, but I don't know. I feel like it was lack of commitment. And, th- and that shows through in the very end, in the last scene, where we realize that maybe they haven't lost that money after all. Yeah, and I all hated that. All the stakes that. went away. I hated that. That was the one thing about this movie that I hated. When he gave him the coordinates, and then it plays this rock music as he walks away, <laughs> you've completely short-circuited everything yep. that you've built up yep. to that point. So th- I absolutely hated that. Do you think they're leaving it open for a sequel? Or do you think th- they were just 
making it. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll make a sequel, but I think they wanted it to be open-ended. I do, though, Josh, for me, it landed, I think that it was a strength of the film for it not to pick a side. Because if they make these characters overtly heroic, then this is this movie's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And if they make them just completely anti-heroes, it's also ridiculous. I think it's the struggle that they have that makes the movie have the semblance of depth that it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I 100% agree about that stupid stinger when he handed him the coordinates. Come on. Yeah. We all just gave our thing to the family trust. But here's the coordinates. Do something good with it. <laughs> Shut up. Get out of here with that crap. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So I did not expect to like this movie more than everybody. But but okay. Uh, we're going to have to do a slightly different scale since it's impossible to see this movie in the theater. So we'll just make it very simple. Should people watch this movie, is it worth the two hours to watch this on Netflix. Josh, what do you think? If you like movies with that are heavily reliant on action, but that also have a little bit of nuance in them, yes. Otherwise, there's other there are other movies out there. Okay, Daniel, same question. You don't rush to watch it, but if, if uh, the trailer intrigued you, it, it, you, you can do worse than this movie. That's what I'll say. So it's, it's fine. You could watch it. Okay, and April? I definitely would recommend it. I for watch for watching it in your living room on Netflix, I think it's a great movie to watch. So yes, I say watch it. I absolutely say watch it. I absolutely say watch it. You will uh believe me, there's a lot worse on Netflix for sure. Yes. I think it's uh, way better than it. what we've made it out to seem so far. I except for me cuz I'm <laughs> I'm over here trying to <laughs> raise the flagpole. Chad. Nobody wants to listen, but that's fine. Well, that wraps up our review of Triple Frontier, but now I am excited to jump into this week's top three. Three, two, one. The top three. For this week's top three, we are doing our top three military movies, and we had a lot of you that participated on social media, and we are going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But without further ado, let's hear our top three. Let's start with our third picks. Uh, Daniel, what do you have at number three? So as I was putting together my list, I, I was, you know, just kind of picking all the movies, making a long list before diving into a top three. I felt like I should have more. I only had like seven or eight movies that I felt like were worthy of putting on a top three. So so I felt like I should have had more picks. But uh, basically, I settled on with I, I settled with with a few obvious picks and then and then just just some that I, I love or have have connection to. So for my number three pick is a, a movie that's a little bit different for this list, uh, but a movie that I love so much that's shocking it even got made. And and, and that's Tropic Thunder. Oh, come on, man. Don't you die on me, Foley. <laughs> I'm sorry, can we cut? <laughs> what is going on here? Hey, I'm about to jump off this, this helicopter like Wesley Snipes. I'm doing the scene right now. What I'm scene? In the scene is about emotionality. Where is it? Oh, God! I am dealing with a bunch of prima donnas. The action guy. I I can't believe that movie got made. Uh, so it would not it would not get made today. I've said it on the podcast before. Uh, I, I I have a connection to the movie. I love the movie so much because I, it was it was the first R rated movie I snuck into. So there's some nostalgia on there. Um, and I think it's just one of the best comedies. Um, you know, in the past however long ten years. No, no, it's over ten years now. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I just love that movie a lot. Awesome. That was a great pick. Um, Chad, what is your third? My number three 
is a movie that in 2006 Clint Eastwood made his Iwo Jima pair of films. The first one was Flags of Our Fathers, and that movie was okay. It was good, but the follow-up movie to that, the mirror side of that, Letters from Iwo Jima, is my number three. This movie is so beautiful. Uh, it shows the shows the perspective uh, on the Battle of Iwo Jima between the United States and Imperial Japan, and this is the J- the Japanese perspective. It's beautifully acted. Uh, it was the cinematography is breathtaking, and it's j- it's far superior to Flags of Our Fathers, uh, in my opinion, as just a film. But it's a movie that really snuck up on me, and I love. Even to this day, it still stands up, and not a lot of people have seen it. It was nominated for a few Academy Awards, but it's great. Mm, I'll have to watch that. I've seen Flags of Our Fathers, but I haven't seen that one. But I've heard good yeah. things. And it's subtitled, so it, you know a lot of people, they're not up for that other than Josh when he's watching Netflix. But it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really fine film. Awesome. Josh, what's your third military movie? Well, when I first saw the topic for this, I thought it was going to end up being three military movies that I can actually remember and attest to having seen. <laughs> um... But as I thought about it some more, I realized that I could do a more Josh move and just blow this list up with stuff no one's going to pick. So my number three is The Men Who Stare at Goats with George Clooney. Oh, wow. Because of course it is. Of course it is. (laughs) Oh, man. That is a very Josh pick. It is. If I'd seen Dr. Strangelove, I think uh, someone, Kevin posted that on social media. I would, I'm sure I would go with that, but I sadly have not seen that yet. Hmm. <laughs> well, alrighty. That's the appropriate reaction. <laughs> huh. <laughs> I don't even, that's, okay. We're gonna, I'll give my third pick. Um, and darn you, Daniel, because you took mine, but my third is also Tropic Thunder. Yes. And for all the reasons, it's just, it's one of those movies that I could watch probably a hundred times and I will laugh out loud every single time. Yes. Um, okay. Moving on. Don't steal my number two, Daniel. What's your... No, tra- no promises. Okay. What's your second? Uh, in my opinion, my number two pick is Quentin Tarantino's best film, and that's Inglorious Bastards. I love that movie so much. It's so well done, so well acted, so stylish. Um, I think it's one of the best films this century and certainly one of the best military films ever made. And uh, just this week, we got the the poster for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, I think we're going to get the trailer soon. I, I'm so excited. I'm, I'm all on Tarantino right now. So Inglorious Bastards is my number two. Heap that love on Tarantino. Mm. It just makes Josh so mad. So just keep <laughs> wait, doing wait. it. I don't think keep doing t- it. I don't think we've talked about this. Do you not like oh, no, Tarantino? We have. Oh, we have. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember this. Quentin Tarantino made one good movie. It was <laughs> so, Pulp Fiction. So stupid. And oh he's been God. making the same movie ever since. Oh Josh, gosh. stop. Just stop it. Just stop. Just stop. Well then. Okay. I'm done. Moving on. Chad, second best military movie for you. So I feel like at this point, I need to say that in the 2019 versions of our top three, I have started picking movies that are my heart picks. I said this last year, not objectively or even subjectively the better films because this list could be, there's so many options. I mean, you've got Das Boat, you've got Patton, Full Metal Jacket, all the Bridge of the Require, all these, all these great films. But this movie for me, my number two was the first military movie that I remember seeing and it just wrecked me to my core. And I, be- I believe I was probably 13 when I saw it. 
and it's Glory. It's 1989 Glory. Mm. Denzel mm. Washington won the Academy Award for Best Actor. And my, I remember my middle school class actually went on a field trip to see this movie in the theater. And I, I just love it. I think the performances are, to this day, still magnificent. And it tells a great story. I mean, great, you know, a great and terrible story. And so for me, uh, it has a special place in my heart. So it's Glory. Awesome. I have, I have not seen that either. So... What? I know. You definitely need to see. Struggle bus. I'm struggling tonight. Okay. Who's oh, Josh. What's your what's your second best military movie? I'm very intrigued by what you're going to say. Um, I'm gonna follow Daniel for my number two in picking a movie that has Brad Pitt in it. I'm gonna go in a slightly different direction than Quentin Tarantino, and I'm gonna say War Machine for my number two. <laughs> oh, that's not even where oh, I yes. thought you were gonna go. Oh yes, <laughs> Josh, so, you are such a troll. It's pathetic. <laughs> I know it's gotten mixed reviews. No, I genuinely enjoyed War Machine. The for those who don't remember what that is, it's it's gotten it's kind of controversial as to whether it's a good movie or not. But it's follows uh, the Rolling Stone journalist who went overseas to spend time with Stanley McChrystal and his uh, his posse before McChrystal got disgraced and fired. Uh, and it's, I actually was very entertained by it. It, it. It's a bit caricature-y at times, of course, but I thought it was, thought it was a funny look at the bureaucracy and the, the people pleasers that surround guys like this. Hmm. I'm it's very fine. glad that you were entertained. Um, <laughs> for I my the derision and appreciate it. <laughs> for my second pick, I'm a little bit flabbergasted, and I can send you all the screenshot. But my number two was also Inglorious Bastards. Oh my Daniel. god! What's wrong with you? So, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I, I when as soon as you said that, I was like, man, everyone's gonna think I'm just copying Daniel. But I could. <laughs> screenshot it it's right there i think there. daniel copied you so you're <laughs> that, there's a little bit of truth to that yeah you already said all the great things about it so it's can, so good it is it is so good there's yeah we'll just we'll leave that okay daniel going back to you for your number one best military movie in your opinion and please let it not be my movie okay go ahead say war machine, daniel. Say war machine. <laughs> the men who stare at goats no um yes. <laughs> I think there's a very good chance that I'm, I'm matching at least somebody else with the number one pick because there's there's kind of a correct answer here. My number one choice is Saving Private Ryan. It's the obvious choice for a reason because it's just so good. After eight decades of war movies, Spielberg reinvented the genre, and it's it's just as stunning and gripping uh, as it was you know 20 years ago. And um, I think it is one of the best films of all time. Period. And uh, that that the Omaha Beach sequence is still insane and still so good. So, yeah, uh, Saving Private Ryan is my number one choice. Great pick, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to say it is not my number one. So All suspense. right, it'll be All different. Right. Good. Go. Okay, Chad, what's your number one best military movie? Well, I agree with Daniel that the best maybe war sequence of all time is certainly the the beach invasion but it's also not my number one my true number one i have to cheat a little bit here my true number one is very similar to a daniel story about 
uh, Tropical Thunder. I was probably 11 or 12. I've told this story in the podcast plenty of times where we weren't allowed to see movies in the theater um, <laughs> until I, I think so. The first one I saw, I was was the Karate Kid 2. I was probably 11. And my next door neighbor and his, his uh, family was going to see this movie. And I was 12. I don't know how... They thought this was a good idea, but they took me and my younger brother, Brandon, who was 10, in to see Platoon. Now, <laughs> we have never wow. seen R-rated movies, people. Oh, no. Certainly not in the theater. And I felt like someone was punching my stomach and my heart every F-bomb in the first third. I just had never experienced that before. And Brandon and I just looked at each other like, we're going to hell. It was amazing. So... I have since revisited, so it was somewhat traumatizing, but I've since revisited that movie and it's magnificent. Oliver Stone, it's a classic, obviously. But my number one, and it's absolutely true, and I don't care who knows it, it's Inglorious Bastards. It's a masterpiece. Mm. It is a straight masterpiece, and it is Quentin Tarantino's best film. It is 100% one of the best films of the century, Daniel. All the things you said, is they're right on point. And I cannot deny the power of that movie. The performances, the writing, there are scenes in that movie that are perfect. Mm -hmm. They're perfect. The opening scene, the bar scene, it's just insane. So, yeah, it's Inglorious Bastards. Mm, Excellent choice. Okay, Josh, enlighten us with your (laughs) number one military movie pick. And I have built this up so much by now that it's it's just going to be a letdown. So I'm sorry. I was going to take it back to the to what you would assume this list would be. And my number one, probably mostly for the experience surrounding when I saw this movie, because I saw it in an amazing laser IMAX four-story screen movie theater. And now Chad knows which one I'm talking about, but Mm -hmm. Christopher Nolan's Dunkirk. The enemy tanks have stopped. Why? Why waste precious tanks when they can pick us off from the air like fish in a barrel? There are 400,000 men on this beach. He's coming back round. He's coming back round! Uh, Finally, a good pick. For being a genre (laughs) movie that did not really follow the conventions of the genre, but still made a a very tense, very personal, in-your-face experience of it all. And... It was great. And 4K laser IMAX is the real deal. It is beautiful. Mm. So good. Beautiful. That was a beautiful shot. Beautifully shot movie for sure. Cool. Thanks for giving us a real pick, Josh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number one pick, and I'm proud to say that no one else has picked this yet, so I don't know if that's good or bad, but mine is Hacksaw Ridge for my number one. Number one. Yeah. I just loved that film. Just the... Emotion behind it, the true, and it being a true story obviously adds to the meaning of it. But that one, man, that one just really moved me. And it was just very well done all around. So great. It's a good pick. That's it. That is a good pick. (laughs) That is a very good pick. And with that, let's go to some honorable mentions that didn't quite make the list, but we thought about it. So, Daniel, what are some of yours? Yeah, I had I had a few that that weren't mentioned. The Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, both Catherine Bigelow films, I think are are just phenomenal movies. Um, Full Metal Jacket, so good. And uh, for, for a little bit of a different one, Edge of Tomorrow, 
I think was just a phenomenal mm. film, futuristic mm. military movie, but still, one. still military. So yeah, um, so that's, those are some of my honorable mentions. Awesome, Chad. Yeah, Master and Commander is actually a movie oh, that I love. I think yeah. it's great. I already mentioned Das Boat. It's fantastic. Patton, MacArthur, uh, and uh, Full Metal Jacket were my honoraries. Awesome. Josh, <laughs> did you have any? I don't. Uh, I mean, <laughs> not really. I could go Hurt Locker and Jarhead. No one said Jarhead yet. Yeah. I feel, feel like that was a decent movie. Yeah, it's decent. agreed. I'd, I'd, like to give, uh, I'd like to give Charlie Wilson's War an honorable mention, but that wasn't didn't feature the army enough even though it was about war uh, a couple of my honorable mentions i had um apocalypse now good morning vietnam and actually forrest gump mm, it's kind yeah. of a military-ish movie yeah, sure yeah that counts but it didn't quite make it but those were ones that i was throwing around uh well that wraps up our picks but there were still a lot of y'all that participate on social media that gave us your top military movie picks and uh, across all of our social media channels, there were two movies that seemed to consistently show up in everyone's opinions, and that was Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down, which none of us actually mentioned yeah. Black Hawk Down. Yeah, Black Hawk Down. Yeah, Chad or Daniel or Josh, did y'all notice any other movies that kept getting thrown out there? Yeah, definitely. We posted this on Twitter and got a ton of responses. Like you already said, Saving Private Ryan was on a great majority of the lists, as was Black Hawk Down. I would say, uh, actually, Full Metal Jacket appeared quite a lot. Uh, I'll, I'll give a few specific shout-outs. Uh, my brother, Tyler, uh, who's been on the show many times, his, his top three was Saving Private Ryan, The Patriot, another one we didn't mention, and then mm. Band of Brothers. He went Chris on us, and he picked... A mini series for for one of his picks, but uh, but there you go, it's a good good pick as well. Uh, my friend Matt Neglius, Saving Private Ryan, Hurt Locker, and Black Hawk Down. Uh, lots of these. Uh, Dave Roper said The Thin Red Line, Platoon, and The Longest Day. Um, Les Weiler said Buffalo Soldiers, Full Metal Jacket, Thin Red Line. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of great feedback here. Uh, Chad, what did you see on your Facebook? Yeah, we had some interesting stuff on Facebook. Uh, Shara Troutner said Starship Troopers. Which, yes, I love Starship Troopers. Bill Jaber, who's my father-in-law, he mentioned some uh, some older picks. He had The Dirty Dozen, Torah, 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 U571, and The Longest Day. We had uh, James Estes said The Bridge on the River Kwai. A friend of mine who's also a media professional in Nashville, Jeremy Gover, said A Few Good Men is the greatest film I've ever seen, dot, dot, dot. So A Few Good Men. You can't handle the truth! And so wow. there you go. <laughs> uh, and then we had Anthony Currington who also mentioned Edge of Tomorrow. So he was on that train yes. with you. And then Jim, em- Jim Emery said uh, Charlie Wilson's War, Josh, so he was with you. Uh, He also mentioned Glory as well as one that I thought may have appeared on a top three, but nobody did. Good morning, Vietnam! Robin Williams. So, Wait, so yeah, nobody, a lot, lot of responses. They nobody mentioned that. So far, nobody's mentioned the men who stare at goats. I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, you know. It's shocking. Strange. Wow. And on our Facebook page, on our screeners' Facebook page, we had quite a few, too. Um, we had Eden Rabach. I don't want to, I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce your name, and I'm sorry if it's wrong. But you said um, Apocalypse Now is his number one movie of all time, so that yeah. is easy. So that was a good one. Beecher Renning, who's my husband, <laughs> he put Stripes. Which just makes me laugh. It's a good um, thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, Rob Alderman <laughs> put Saving Private Ryan, Black Hawk Down, Dunkirk, all of those we had mentioned. Got some more. Oh, Zero Dark Thirty by Rachel. Daniel, your wife. Yep, yep. 
It's a good one. All right. And BJ Tapke said Saving Private Ryan, Slog 17, and Great Escape, which a couple of those we haven't mentioned yet. Great Escape. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Salyer. I think he's been on the show maybe once yeah. before. Yeah. Uh, he said Patton Dunkirk, Saving Private Ryan, Full Metal Jacket. He named four, so he cheated. He's a cheater. Um, yeah. There's just some from our Facebook. And Chris couldn't be with us tonight, but he did submit his uh, three picks privately to us, and so now I get to mock him publicly for them. His number three was <laughs> The Rock, which is either the actor or the movie. Uh, both. Neither of which, yeah, probably both. Neither of which really strikes me as being military-oriented. I thought The Rock was a prison, but whatever. Predator? That counts. I I mean, yeah, that that counts. counts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised Rambo isn't number one, but his number one is Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> Good pick. Hey, first of all, First Blood's pretty great. Well, that wraps up our top three segment for this week. Thank you all so much for those of you who participated. And be on the lookout for social media because we will post what our next week's top three is going to be. Go ahead and contribute if you want, and we might give you a shout out. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. As we've been saying the whole episode, make sure to chime in on social media. We want to hear from you guys, hear what you're watching, hear what you thought about Triple Frontier and our top three military movies. All right, next week we will be reviewing Jordan Peele's new film, Us. I can't wait to talk about that, so make sure you tune into our next episode. We'll see you then. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.